Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. everyone, I'm Kama, and you can find me at Oxford Splice on Twitter. And today I'm joined by Guile. Hey, I'm Guile, and I tweet at Door Podcast. And Lot. Hello, I am Lot, um, Lady of Tarth. You can find me on Twitter at the Lady of Tarth. Haven't tweeted in about eight months, but yeah, I'm there. Oh, we'll catch you when you do someday. <laughs> and it'll be hey. amazing and well worth the wait. <laughs> yes. Um, so today we're going to be talking about Aria 7 from A Clash of Kings. And as always, um, if you're new to us, we spoil everything show and books. And um, I definitely want to give a trigger warning for discussions of rape and sexual violence, um, as that comes up in this chapter, unfortunately. Um, so it starts out so well because Aria, Hot Pie, and Gendry, they're like, they're at Heron Hall. They're no longer eating acorn paste. They have food. They have shelter. They have water. They even have soap. Hot pies in the kitchens, having the time of his life there. Um, Gendry is working at the forge. Arya, however, is stuck doing what sounds like an awful lot of cleaning and message bearing and working for a guy named Weiss who has a place on a now fairly extensive list of names in her kill list, and it's easy to see why. Um, and then, I mean, there's a lot of sort of world building and exposition. Arya, now that she's in a stable environment, she's learning a lot about what's going on, both in the castle and abroad. Um the bloody mummers show up. Boy, do they seem like a great group of people. Um, and poor Arya is wondering how many monsters Lord Tywin has. And she's sort of achingly close to her family, but not close enough. Like she knows Rob's forces are a lot closer than she thought, but she has like no idea how to get there. Um, and then... She also learns, like, there's a bunch of northern uh, captives and some river um, people from the riverlands. But the people, like, that she would know, most of them aren't there. There's only one guy she knows, Lord, I have no idea how you say his name, Serwin. That's what I and thought. He's the only one there who would know who she is. And he happens to be wounded and not anywhere she can get to. And when she does finally figure out where he is, he dies. Um, and there's a bunch of phrase who get ransomed out like almost pretty quickly. Um, I don't know. It, it was kind of interesting. The gossip was fascinating. Um, well, there was this kind of, there's a weird thing where, you know, she mentions that Lady Went only used um, a couple uh, small parts of two of the five towers and then, then she fled. And I mean, Lady Went, is that, I mean, that could very, like, 
we that's know her, that it's um, like her, like a relative. Like it's, it's you know, her, uh, she's somehow connected to her father's, or, well, to her paternal grandmother. Well, but right, I don't right. know. Yeah, I mean, Cat was Manisa Went was Cat's mom, so we don't Our know paternal how, grandmother. Yeah. Yeah, but you figure that to be married, you know, to be brought into the Tullys, Manisa Went must have, you know, probably is like a cousin or a sister of this lady, you know, maybe the sister or um, aunt of this current lady went. So, um, you know, but Arya obviously, obviously has no idea. You know, I don't think she has any idea that, you know, she is related to the Wents at all. That's not, I mean, I can see that happening. I mean, first of all, she yeah. does you know, she's a kid. And second of all, a lot of people have no idea about, like, they might know their grandmother's, like, first name or something, but they don't know the rest yeah. of it. Well, we get, like, a little bit of, of all of these, of a lot of people are going to know, you know, further on, too. Like, you know, Harry, like, apparently the cooks hate Harry Swift. They spit in his food. His food. And the one, I think it was Lord Lefford, who would make fun of like people who were afraid of all of the ghosts in Heron Hall. But then he kept a candle all night and we hear about Pia. Yep. Who, that she's know, sort of making her way through. Yeah. So, uh, and then obviously there's quite a introduction to, um, Vargo Holt in this. Oh my God. Too. Yeah. So he, just, yeah. There's a lot. And it's, I mean, it's interesting stuff. I mean, it's, uh, it's character building on her part. Cause we see, she's sort of like, even though she's being basically abused by her boss there. I mean, she's sort of learning where everything is in the castle and who everyone is. And, um, and it's interesting. Like she hears a lot of stuff, like going back and forth, listening at doors. And there is some fascinating gossip, like all of it. I have to assume it, it sounds like it's like today's equivalent of Twitter where like people are speculating on what's really happening in the government or whatever. And it's all like wrong. Like there's this business about how Tywin was meant, meant to marry um, Lysa Aaron, which I cannot see happen. I mean, it's all like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it's, you know, she even debates about going up to Tywin and saying who she is, but she's like, she couldn't even get close to him if she did. You know, that's sort of where she's she's at this weird spot where there's an increasingly smaller pool of people who actually know who she is and who can identify her. Which is a little scary and sad. Um and uh one day she sees Rorch, Biter, and Jackin uh arrive among Amory Lorch's forces. And Jackin approaches her later and basically offers her three lives in exchange for saving them before. And what she wants to do is, is she wants to go to river run, but he won't do that. He's only willing to kill the, the three men because that's the kind of guy he is, I guess. Well, um, it's a code, right? Like it's gotta be. Okay, some he's, kinda... he's got a code. So I, this is where it's always interesting to me. Cause I remember a lot of people on various social media platforms sort of like saying how stupid she was for not giving them like, you know, the queen's name or Joffrey's name. And it's like, she's a little kid. She doesn't even know if this guy is legit. I mean, if a strange man walked up to you and said, Hey, 
thanks for helping me out earlier. I will kill three people for you. I mean, I don't know that I would necessarily believe them either. Well, also, there's like a part that's quite intelligent on her part. If you're not going to say, oh, please kill the king, um, because that's treason. And And because he's working for, you know, Amory Lorch at this point. So no, you you don't know if you can trust this guy. And then if she's accused of treason, off with her head, right? But yeah. she also thinks like, oh, King's Landing is hundreds of miles away. So she has that like weird practicality of it too, where she she's got some pretty know, more immediate threats that she needs yeah, to deal with. Yeah. So she's sort of debating and thinking about it, and she's avoiding him because she knows he's going to keep asking her. And I, then this is—I just have to oh, go ahead. I just have to ask the so like. Why does Jack and Hagar smell so good? What is the point of that? <laughs> like that really threw me. Like they go out of their I think it's that he I think it's like everyone is so physically and personally disgusting that it's meant to differentiate them a little bit or differentiate him a little bit. Like he's not like he's, he's not like bloody and gross and yeah, like he's or you know, he's professional potentially even. Yeah. I think it's, I, you think you said it yourself a lot. He has a code. He smells good and he'll only kill people in exchange for him. He has standards. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it. He has standards. Yeah. There, there literally is a trope, right? For that, even evil has, well, I didn't even, well, I guess we could argue whether he's evil or not, but even evil has its standards. Well, and I think that's how you define, like, that's one way that we define a gray character, too, is like, Oh, he has, you know, he's got a code. So at least we're going to respect if he, if he maintains his own code, we respect more of what he does. So I think, you know, it's just like another, you know, it's the other trope, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just interesting. I think you're right. It is a way just to separate him. And he's definitely cut from a different cloth than the rest of these people that are, he's, I mean, mean, forced to work with, quite frankly. What's that? Right, and he he's hot. Well, right? clearly, like we yeah. Just assume that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because of the show, but yeah, I well, mean, I because of the show, but also I feel like he's just he's probably pretty sexy. Like I, I don't know. I feel like if it wasn't the, like the show wouldn't have influenced me. I really I get a sense that he's hot and he smells good and yeah yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Our standards are so men of the world. Women's standards are so low. I know, <laughs> right? Oh, he uses soap. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, oh. Is he single? <laughs> oh, That's God. Description. <laughs> <laughs> what I will oh. say, though, like about reading this chapter, because like anytime we're in Heron Hall, like it is its own character. Heron Hall is. Oh, yeah. He really. George goes to some lengths in describing Heron Hall. He loves Heron Hall. But like, oh, you totally, you get a feel for the place. Yeah. I like, I feel like my interest in watching House of the Dragon is at like a negative 50. (laughs) I have no interest in like watching it, but I think they do visit Heron Hall in the series. I think I read that somewhere. It kind of made me want to see it just for that because of this stupid, these stupid chapters. So I'm more like at like a negative five of interest now. You know, if we ever had a resolution to the story, I mean, part of me does think that some kind of climax to the battle against the others, at least, would happen at Harrenhal, just given that it's a, you know, given that it does still have a connection to 
you know, a God's wood. And isn't it near the Isle of the Faces? And then, you know, we read that the stables are large enough for a thousand horses. So like in terms of like a last stand Mm -hmm. type of thing. And then we have, you know, like Danny's visions of, you know, Rhaegar's, you know, the army at the Trident. And I think that Harrenhal is also somewhat close to the Trident that I could be wrong about. But and then we were building it up so much and knowing Harrenhal, it, you know, you could, I mean, I could envision an entire book or fan fiction, um, you know, entirely based with like an end game battle at Harrenhal, which would be like amazing. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, I don't think you spend this much time with this place without having some kind of purpose. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a really, it's just all the sense of like the community that's sort of building. And like some of these people are, you know, not unpleasant. Some of them are horrible, you know, like hot pie seems to have a comparatively decent gig going on. Um, it's a little sad though, when she talks about like, you know, like she got tried to slipper a tart. Oh, and then he got beat up for it. Yeah. But I mean, okay. Not that getting beat up with, you know, anything is good, but he gets beat gets beat up with a wooden spoon, whereas she gets beat, you know, till she's bloody. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, the fact that, you know, she's excited about every two weeks, there's like a piece of meat in her, not even a piece of meat, a bite of meat in her stew. (laughs) You know, she's living the life of a very unpleasant part of being part of the small folk at this point. Yeah. Um, in a war zone. Um, but it is really cool. I mean, it's interesting and you get a sense of all the people and the things and I kind of love that. And then unfortunately, um, last part of the chapter is kind of grim. Um, she, the mountain has, a, his men have arrived and she's sent up there to see like, I think if they have clothes that they need mended. And we made this character called Chiswick. They're all sitting around swapping stories, and he has this disgusting, awful, horrible story um, about how they, the mountain and them, were at an inn, and how they were basically groping and manhandling the innkeeper's daughter. And when, which she Can apparently. Can I just pause a, for a second? Sorry. Yeah. There's some kind of rubbing on your microphone right now, Kalma. Any better? Yeah, a lot better. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. It was um, distracting. You might want to just roll back to um, Chiswick. Yeah, so we meet this this horrible character named Chiswick. And in a book with horrible characters, it's saying a lot. Um, and they, the men, they're, he's one of the mountain's men. And they're sitting around talking, you know, sharing war stories. And he... Mentions that the mountain and them were in an inn and there was an innkeeper's daughter who they were all like basically groping and touching. And because the innkeeper dared to ask Sir Gregor to make them stop, which apparently she was just supposed to shut up and take. Um, and he said, because my daughter isn't a whore, the mountain's tosses silver on the table and she says she is now. And then they gang rape her. And 
Arya is sitting there or standing there listening to this and Chiswick is just laughing and laughing because for him, the punchline is that after they were all done, the mountain demanded change because she wasn't worth the silver. And then Chiswick is the name that Arya chooses to give to Jacken. Good choice. To me, this is not throwing it away. This is, yeah, by shithead. Good choice, Arya. And well, uh, we think. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna. You know, when we think of all these other people there and the horrible things that they do, you know, like we don't know what Chiswick would have done, but would he? You know, he certainly would have contributed to, you know, contributed to harm the way that Rorg and Biter and Bargo and all these other people that, you know, we see do horrible things through the next, you know, book and a half, basically. So, you know, yeah, get that Chiswick. Get them now. Mm-hmm. And then the chapter ends, which I kind of love. Um, so a few days later, the news is out that one of Sir Gregor's men, quote unquote, fell off the top of a wall. And there's conjecture as to if he was drunk. Someone says maybe Heron's ghost flung him over. And then I'm just going to read this last little bit. It wasn't Heron, Aria wanted to say. It was me. She had killed Chiswick with a whisper. And she would kill two more before she was through. I'm the ghost in Heron Hall, she thought. And that night, there was one less name to hate. You know, I know it's a bit, like, dark to think, like, how good she must have felt in that moment. How powerful having, you know, this whole time. You know, like, she at one point she talks about how she's felt like a sheep. And here now she feels like a little mouse. And then... To have all of a yeah. sudden this power of like, I can, I, I've got something. And I know it is killing people and that's wrong, of course, but still, well, I mean, not wrong. I mean, Chiswick, I don't care. Good. Bye. <laughs> it's not wrong. No. Why am I doing? Yeah. Bye. <laughs> I hope it really hurt as you fell. I mean, that was kind of. <laughs> yeah. Face first. Oh, almost like too kind of a death for, for him, but. I guess it can't be too vengeful. Well, I think if he'd been eviscerated, which would have been my vote, there'd be questions. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, do we have any mail? We have two questions from Buckle Hair on the Discord. So the first one is, um, what is our headcanon on why Jacken is there and taking an interest in Arya? I think it goes back to like how we are all you know certain he has this code and the fact that she saved him and those others that the the god of death is due three three lives right i mean i assume that yeah i mean i kind of assume it's chance like we think he was in the dungeon of king's landing for either you know either someone he assassinated in king's landing or you know the long game he was supposed to go to the wall like is he someone you know who who knows, but I think his interest in Arya seems like it's just based upon her saving their lives. Yeah. Maybe he was supposed to go to kill Ned. Oh, like he was going to accompany Ned up to the wall and then... Yeah, like, I I, I mean... Ned was in the dungeons, right? So access even sooner. Well, that or, or they knew that, like, it might be suspicious if, like, I mean, based, based on the number, the the choice recruits that Yorin had, maybe it would have been suspicious if he looked like, you know, 
just volunteered, like, oh, hey, you're going to the wall. Yeah. And maybe the idea was that, you know, they Ned was Ned supposed to be to like his, his sentence would be commuted and either along the way yeah. or once he got there. And maybe they didn't have anybody like because, again, those men are there for life. But, you know, you send an assassin and he disappears. It's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah, imagine like, if he would have still been in the dungeons when, um, you know, well, no, I, Tyrion didn't. Yeah, Tyrion. Well, when Tyrion sends the people up back up north with Cleo Spray, like, they're not from the dungeons. They're, like, specific, like, skilled escape artists, basically. So I guess Jack and Winter been there. But, yeah, I mean, I think it makes perfect sense that he was there to kill Ned. I feel like I've discovered something. Yeah, that's... Well, I'm sure there's, like, a zillion people on Reddit yeah. who have already gone there, but that's fine. <laughs> so then our second question from Buckle Hair is there's a part in here where um Arya compares um Tywin to Ned and you know why why do we think that she sees Ned in Tywin? It's just him being the lord like yeah you know yeah. I think so too. The father figure. Like she sees that well and she sees that authority, right? Well she actually specifically remembers Catelyn telling Ned to put on his lord's face and go deal with some manner. And Tywin strikes me as someone who doesn't have like another face. He just has the lord's face, right? <laughs> just that face. Yeah. Just just the one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's it for our questions. Um okay, if you would like to send us a message or questions, you can do so at close the door and come here. Uh, tumblr.com or you can email us at close the door and at gmail.com and we're also on uh, twitter at door podcast uh, please like and review us uh, wherever you listen as it really helps new listeners find the podcast and lastly uh, please consider supporting us on patreon and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash close the door also we'd like to thank our patreons um, I think that's it. So I'm closing the door. Get out.